Hi, everybody. This is uh, Scott George. I'm pastor of Pine Castle United Methodist Church, and I want to welcome you to our online uh, worship service. Uh, first of all, let me thank you for taking the time to be uh, from your busy schedule to be with us, and we're looking forward to the next few minutes where we can worship uh, together. As you can see uh, behind me, I'm in the sanctuary here at Pine Castle United Methodist Church, and right now it's empty, and I'm the only one here. And uh, it's kind of a little different, but we want to let you know that uh, it's empty now, but uh, in a few weeks, it's not going to be empty. Uh, As you know, we are uh, listening not only to our federal leaders, our local leaders, our state leaders, also our denominational leaders. And in a few weeks, we are going to uh, begin to uh, relaunch and reopen. We're going to give you all the information as soon as that becomes available. Our leadership team is working really, really hard at navigating through this. Uh, Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your grace. You guys have been so amazing. And uh, nobody wants to get back to church more than I do. And we want to be wise. We want to consider all of the details that go into uh, an in-person worship service. And we're working on it. And I want to thank you for your patience. Your comments have been amazing. You guys are so supportive. And we really do uh, appreciate uh, your grace. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm reminded of a scripture that I have heard a million times, uh, and I'm sure you have too. The scripture says, where two or three are gathered together, in my name I am there. And I just want to remind you today that we don't have to be in this building to be together. Uh, We are together, and people from all over Central Florida are worshiping and watching together, and we are together in the name of Christ. So whether it's online, uh, we are worshiping together, and Christ is going to be honored, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to worship with us. I want to have a word of prayer and ask God's blessing upon uh, this uh, worship service. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have of just worshiping together. Lord, I can just uh, see and sense people from all over Central Florida coming together, and and where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst. So we ask for your presence to be with us. We ask for uh, your grace and your love to fill each person. As we focus on you now for these next few moments, I pray that you would be glorified, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said amen and amen. All right, let's go. We've got some announcements, then we're going to have some wonderful worship and a time in the Word. So let's go to that at this time. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Jim Poling, but you already knew that because you saw that thing come across the bottom of the screen. Anyway, I want to take just a couple of minutes here and thank you for your participation in our online survey. It's actually still up on our website at pinecastleumc.com. We're asking you for your opinions as to how we should approach in-person worship and when we should do it. Our leadership team right now is working very, very hard to come up with a plan. Right now, we are targeting July the 12th as a soft opening date for us to get back for, to in-person worship. Now, we're calling it a soft opening date because a lot could happen between now and July the 12th. And if we get close to that date and we decide that it's still not safe to get together, then we may decide to extend that out a little bit. But, but for right now, we're going to be in prayer and we're going to be planning and we're going to be working with our security teams and our ushers and come up with a, a plan for in-person worship beginning on July the 12th. There's only three things that we know for sure in all this. Number one, in-person worship will not look the same as it did when we left it in March, at least not initially. That's kind of a given. Number two, we will not make everyone happy in the decisions that we make on this. 
so far in our survey, it's run, it runs the gamut of opinions from one side to the other. So we know for a fact that no matter what decision we make, someone isn't going to be happy with it. So we ask that you be patient with us, you be in prayer, and realize it's a difficult decision, and we're going to do the best we can uh, for the uh, congregation at large. And number three, we will continue to offer online services, just as we're doing right now, for those who do not feel comfortable coming back to the church building. So you'll still have an option for worshiping if you don't feel comfortable doing that. All right? Our PC share for this week. Jesus is the only one that can truly heal us and make us whole. Reach out to Jesus in faith. This is a statement that you can post on your social media accounts, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, so that you can be a positive influencer for Christ. And be sure to tag Pinecastle United Methodist Church when you do that. And Pastor Scott will be delving into that topic in just a few moments during his message today. Right now, I'd like to switch gears just for a moment. You know, the past couple of weeks have been quite difficult for our nation. A lot of unrest in our major cities, uh, even in Orlando, due to the uh, tragic death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The Bible says, whoever, God, whoever loves God must also love his brother. That's 1 John chapter 4, verse 21. And we have seen a lot of what divides us. It's race, it's status, it's religion, and it's time for us as a church to reach out in love and affect these divisions. Right now, we're going to look at a video featuring the music by The Brilliance. It's called Brother, and it reminds us that we have more in common than we realize. See 
I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you You call my name You call my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness To your glorious day You call my name I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness To your glorious day Now your mercy And now your mercy Has saved my soul And now your freedom Is all that I know The old may know Jesus when I met you Oh, you call my name darkness to your glorious day you call my name I ran out of that grave out of the darkness to your glorious day I needed rescue, my sin was heavy My chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter, I was an orphan But you call me a citizen of heaven When I was broken, you were my healing And your love is the air that I'm breathing I have a future, my eyes are open when you call my name I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness To your glorious day You call my name I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness glorious day Good morning PC kids I am so glad that you've joined us for church today I want to talk to you about being touchable but first, I have a few things that you should not touch. I have an iron, and if it were plugged in and you were to touch it, it would burn you very, very badly. The other thing I have is one of Mr. Chuck's tools. It's one of his saws. And I can tell you, if it were on, 
I would hurt myself very badly because I do not know the right way to use it. In fact, I am probably holding it incorrectly right now. That is a very untouchable tool. But I also have a very prickly plant. And I can tell you from experience, touching it hurts. That was a big ouch. But I also have something very touchable. That's this piece of material. It's very soft and very touchable. It reminds me of Jesus. You see, when Jesus walked this earth, he went from place to place sharing about his Father God, teaching about love, and healing people. He would make the sick people well. In fact, he even brought a couple people back to life. And it says in Matthew that people begged for him to allow the sick people just to touch the hem of his clothes. And when they did, they were healed. Their faith healed them. What does that mean for you and me? Well, when Jesus went to heaven, he gave us authority through the Holy Spirit to be his hands and his feet. He wants us to carry on where he left off. In fact, it says in John 14, 12, I about to tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the works I have been doing. In fact, they will do even greater things. That's because I am going to the Father. You see, when Jesus went up to heaven to be with God, his Father, he gave us authority through the Holy Spirit to be his hands and his feet, to be touchable and to be touched. You know, right now they tell us to stay six feet apart, not to touch each other, to stay away from each other. So how can we be touchable? Well, we can be touchable by praying for others. We can be touchable by the words we say and our actions, the way we behave. And you know, if we pray for somebody, through the Holy Spirit, they can still be healed if we're physically touching them or not. But we always need to make sure that we are being Jesus and we are being touchable. Kids, let's pray about that. Jesus, thank you that you have given us the authority to carry on where you've left off. Thank you for allowing us to be your hands and your feet, to be the Jesus in the things we say and the things we do. Help us to remember to always be touchable the way you were. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so glad that we were together this morning. Now I am going to send it off to Pastor John, who is going to receive the offering. Bye. Good morning. I'm so glad to be worshiping with you today. Stewardship lesson is from the Old Testament book of Ezra, third chapter, verse 11. They had just finished building the altar, getting ready for the temple to be complete, and everybody was excited. And here's what they did. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love endures forever. 
And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The foundation is none other than Jesus Christ. You want to give a shout today? You might shout, it's time for the offering. I'll shout with you. On behalf of all the staff of Pine Castle, I offer you my sincere thanks and praise for your faithfulness in giving, your faithfulness in remaining connected to the church. And I hope you'll tell your friends and neighbors about the wonderful experience being a part of Pine Castle United Methodist Church. Let us pray and ask God to bless the offering. Bless these gifts, O Lord, these tithes, gifts, and offerings. Let them be an indication of our love for you and love for each other. We give in that spirit of love in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, good morning, church. This is uh, Scott George, and uh, welcome to our uh, online uh, live stream of our weekly service here at Pine Castle United Methodist Church. And what great, uh, great music and worship we had. I appreciate Bruce and Lisa and Aaron and the entire team uh, doing a great, great job. Um, and uh, we are continuing our series uh, today. So in just a moment, I want you to get your Bible out, and we're going to do a quick uh, little study. But I just want to say a couple things as we get started here. First of all, uh, thank you so much for your continued uh, giving and your generosity. It's been amazing to see uh, the faithfulness of, of so many people and uh, all the members and the friends and the attenders at Pine Castle. Thanks for your giving. Thanks for your generosity. Uh, continue to do that. Uh, we're grateful for you. Thank you so much. And also, I just want to uh, make you aware that um, if you'll go to our website, we are just kind of putting out a little poll. We want to get your voice. We want to get your input. We want to get some insight. Our leadership team is doing an amazing job of, of navigating through this difficult time. Um, and let me just remind you, think about it. Uh, our church is 100 years old. So we've never had to deal with something like this. It's been an amazing situation, the pandemic, and in a hundred year history, we have never had to deal with something just like this. So uh, thanks for your patience. Thanks for your grace. We're trying to navigate carefully and slowly and obviously led by the Spirit of God. So uh, just uh, uh, go to the website, uh, take a few minutes out just to, just to answer a couple questions, and we would really, really appreciate that. We're in a series um, called Hymns, Hymns for Hope, Help, and healing, and it has been amazing. Uh, and I've so enjoyed uh, not only doing the research, but just uh, looking into God's Word and, and, and uncovering some of the old hymns that were written many times hundreds of years ago. And what a gift uh, they are to us as we are dealing with um, a worldwide crisis. And it's, uh, it's very comforting to know that God knew it all, and He anointed special people back in the 1700s and 1800s and 1900s to uh, write hymns that would minister to us. Today, uh, we are uh, looking at, uh, we're going to take a shift. Really, for the whole month of, of May, uh, we looked at the hymns of Jesus and names about uh, uh, Jesus and hymns about uh, his beautiful name. And, and we're going to take a shift for this next month, and we're going to look at hymns uh, of healing. So we're going to be talking about uh, healing and hymns that, that speak about the healing that is available uh, through Jesus Christ. And so uh, for the next few weeks, we'll be looking at that. And today, uh, the hymn is uh, called, There is a Bomb in Gilead. Now, that's a little awkward uh, title, but I think I'm going to hopefully make some sense of it to you as we look at this uh, hymn that was written in the 1700s by a guy by the name of John Newton. 
Now, you're going to hear his name again because John Newton is the one who probably wrote the greatest hymn of all time, if you could ever put a, a title like that. Uh, he was the one who wrote uh, Amazing Grace, sung over 10 million times a week all around the world. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, uh, John Newton was a slave trader, and he miraculously got saved. And this hymn that he wrote, There is a Bomb in Gilead, it's interesting. The African-American community embraced this hymn and still does, and they sing it all over the world. It was a beautiful song of hope and healing and restoration, and it's amazing that God used a former slave trader to write a hymn that the African-American community would embrace and sing and worship to fill them with hope. I think that is really uh, incredible, credible uh, testimony and story about this great, uh, this great hymn. So we're going to dive into it. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go to Jeremiah chapter eight, uh, verse twenty-two. And, and uh, uh, many of you maybe you've never heard this verse of scripture. I'm going to, I'm going to bring some light to it, and, and uh, we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter eight, verse twenty-two. And uh, here's uh, what the writer says: Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there why why then is there no healing for the wounds of my people? So John Newton knew this scripture, knew the story, and wrote the beautiful hymn. There is a bomb in Gilead. So uh, that word there, Gilead, uh, is uh, a town east of the Jordan River. Uh, I've been there many many times. Uh, the word Gilead means rocky, and this town was famous for its agriculture, but it was specifically famous for growing a certain tree that produced a gum, an ointment, a balm, that was famous all over the region for healing. Physicians would, would, would go there, people would go there because they felt like this ointment, this balm, this gum uh, would bring healing uh, to th their body. And the writer Jeremiah here says, to them, and he's really challenging them. You know, you, your faith is in the tree. Your faith is in the gum. Your faith is in the ointment. Your faith is in the bomb, and it should be your faith is in God. And people were dependent uh, for this, and, and their trust turned away from God to uh, this ointment that was found in Gilead. And so the writer says, there is a bomb in Gilead. And John Newton uh, reemphasized that and said, yes, there is a bomb in Gilead. So uh, at the end of our time together, I've got a few more minutes with you. I, I, I'm going to pray uh, for you. I'm going to pray for the sick. I'm going to believe God to uh, t touch you and to make you well. And for all of us, not to put our hope in government, not to put our hope in medicine, not to put our hope in Gilead, but to put our hope in God. And there is a bomb uh, in Gilead. I, I want to tell you a story, and many of you have heard this before. It, it's found in Mark chapter 5, and it's a story of, of two different people. They were both faced with illness and sickness, but it's a beautiful story that really reflects the character of God in regards to healing. You see, the African-American community needed healing. And John Newton wrote that song that brought healing. We all need healing. Some of us uh, mental healing, some of us physical healing, 
But regardless, we all need healing. And in this story in Mark chapter 5, there was two people. There was a, there was a young girl and then there was a woman. Now, the young girl had already died. The woman had been faced with a sickness for 12 years. And these are two uh, unique people, but they were both faced with a need. And this story reflects the real character of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was on his way. Jesus is always moving. Jesus is always on the move. He's never stagnant. He's always uh, moving. And he was on his way. And the Bible says that Jairus, a father, came to him and cried out in desperation. Jesus, my, my daughter's dead. Would you please come help? And, and, and I've, I've read this scripture a million times. I've preached it a hundred times. Uh, and in light of what we have been through as a family, when I read this story now, it adds uh, a greater depth and uh, a new meaning for me. I know what it's like to have a child who's near death, and I can relate to this. Jairus, his name means enlightened. And so he went to Jesus, and he said, please, my, my daughter is dead. Please, would you please come help us? And Jesus was on his way to help Jairus and his daughter when he confronted a woman who the Bible says that she had been sick for 12 years. She had what is called uh, an issue of blood, a blood condition, a sickness. And, and the Bible says she heard that Jesus was, was coming to town and that she pressed through the crowd. I mean, there could have been a thousand people there. And, and she pressed through and fought through and tried to get to the front of the line. And it was a hopeless situation. Yet she was determined to find Jesus and to get help. So much so that she crawled on her hands and knees. Can you imagine the dust? Can you imagine the dirt? Can you imagine the, the, the feet? And just, yet she showed tremendous persistence. And the Bible says that she just crawled on her hands and knees and she reached out, she pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And as soon as she touched his hem, Jesus knew that someone had touched her. And he reached out and he, and he said to his disciples, who just touched me? And his disciples says, Jesus, that's crazy. There's a thousand people around here. What do you mean who touched you? You're surrounded by people. Jesus said, no, no, someone has just touched me with a touch of faith. And he spoke to the woman. And the woman let him know that she had been sick for 12 years. The Bible says that she had spent all her money on doctors. And that's the word plural, doctors. Doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. She spent all her money. And Jesus said to that woman, uh, lady, your faith has made you well. And she was whole. Well, I'm glad that Jesus didn't stop there because he was on a mission. And not only did he touch the woman with the issue of blood, but after he, after he comforted her and prayed with her and spoke to her and healed her, then Jesus went to Jairus's house where he was confronted with a, with a terrible, really a hopeless situation because the child was dead. And the Bible says that Jesus walked into the room he left everyone behind except a couple of disciples, and he spoke to that girl, and uh, she got up, and she was raised from the dead. Beautiful story. I love it. A little interesting uh, caveat to this story. Uh, as soon as Jesus raised her from the dead, you know, he didn't do a press conference. He didn't do a, a mass media blitz. He was low-key about it. Say, hey, don't tell anyone. And he said, oh, by the way, uh, get the young lady some lunch. She's hungry. Uh, I find that uh, fascinating. Uh, I think that shows 
Uh, God cares uh, about every little detail of our life. And even after raising her from the dead, uh, Jesus said, you know, get her a McDonald's. The girl's hungry. And, and, and get her a milkshake too, by the way. Great, great story. Uh, um, let me just share a couple thoughts uh, with you, if I could. And, and here is, like I said, two different people, two different situations, but uh, both stories of healing. Here's the first point. This story of the child who is dead and the woman who is sick, sick with uh, an issue of blood uh, and the way Jesus responded to them, number one, here it is, it reveals the character of God. This story reveals who God is and who Jesus is and how he wants us to respond when we are sick, whether our child is dead whether we've been faced with a hopeless situation, this story reveals the character of God. Can I remind you that Jesus said in the scripture, and God said in the Old Testament, even in the, in the New Testament, God says, I am the God who heals you. That's his name. So a, a name reveals the character. And in the Old Testament, God says, I'm the God that heals you. And then in the New Testament, Jesus shows us the character of God by not only reaching out to a child who is dead, but having a, a woman with the issue of blood touch him and she was made well. They were both healed. This reveals the character of God. Can I remind you today, church, that uh, many of us, all of us really, believe that God can save from sin. And if you have the faith to believe that God can save you from your sin, you should execute that same faith to believe that he can heal you from your disease. You know, when we take communion, it is, it is the blood and it is the body. The blood reveals the forgiveness. The body reveals the healing. Jesus' blood was shed. His body was broken. His blood was shed so that you can be saved his body was broken so that you can be healed. And in Mark chapter 5, we see the character of God revealed in this beautiful story where the child was healed, raised from the dead, and so was the woman with the issue of blood. Why? Because that's the character of God. Number two, here's an interesting point. In, these, in this one story with the two characters, um, one person ran to God, and that was the woman who had the issue of blood, and God ran to the other person. You see, the child needed God to come to her. The woman came to Jesus. So you're either going to run to Jesus or Jesus is going to run to you. Either way, he's full of healing. The scripture says that he has healing in his wings, healing in his character. And I love the fact that the woman came to Jesus and then Jesus went to the child. The child was unable to come. She was dead. And God came to her. And the woman with the issue of blood had the faith, and she came to Jesus. Either way, you come to Jesus, or he comes to you. He's got healing in his wings, and he wants to heal you today. There is a bomb in Gilead. There's a healing. And our trust is not in the ointment in Gilead. Our trust is in the great physician. So you either go to him or he comes to you but God's full of healing in his wings. And then here's the point number three. You gotta have faith. Um, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus even said to her, he said, woman, your faith has made you well. Now, the child, 
she didn't have faith because she was dead, but she surrounded herself with people who did have faith. Her father, her mother, her aunts and uncles, the town was full of faith. And you see, when you're faced with a sickness or illness, there, there may be a time where, where, where you have the faith to believe that God can do it. You're like the woman with the issue of blood. There may be a, come, a time in your life where you don't have the faith, but you surround yourself with people who do have the faith. Either way, faith is the key to receiving anything from God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got we've to go. I only have a few more minutes uh, with you. Let me tell you a little story. Um, in Atlanta, um, one morning I woke up out of nowhere and my left thumb was totally stiff and it was in pain and I couldn't believe it. I thought I slept on it wrong. I thought I rolled over and, and, and sprained it. In one day, my thumb suddenly went from a perfect thumb to being full of pain. And I woke up, I'm like, what in the world happened? And it was aching, it, it, it was distracting. I mean, I couldn't pick things up and it was really bothering me. Well, lo and behold, about three months later, the pain that was in my left thumb jumped over to my right thumb. And now I'm in a world of hurt. I got a sore left thumb and I got a sore right thumb. And I'm thinking, how in the world did my pain in my left thumb jump over to my pain in my right thumb? And here I am, a great man of faith, a pastor, believe in healing. And you know what I did? called my daughter Allison and Amanda and I said Google I want you to go on Google and I want you to find out what in the world is going on with my thumb what is it and my daughters did some research and I kept pestering and, and hounding them to find out what it was and I found out that I needed to take a few things to, to get my thumbs working so here I am the man of faith and power believing God to heal and preach on healing and believe in healing and you know what I did I went online and I found out that that, that you got to take fish oil so I started taking fish oil not only did I take fish oil but I started to take tart cherry extract because my daughters told me on Google that if you take tart cherry extract it's going to help your joints. And so I started taking this. Well, not only did I take the, 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 the tart cherry uh, um, pills, but I also started to take the tart cherry concentrate. And I started to drink it every single day. Now, you'll be interested to know that, that, that this little bottle here, it took a thousand cherries to press to make this bottle of extract. And man, my faith what was in the tart cherry juice that I was drinking. I, I, I started taking ibuprofen. I had the ibuprofen. Man, I'm popping those things and just asking God to heal me. And then I also started taking uh, turmeric. Now, I'm, I'm not against medicine. Certainly not advocating that. But you know what it revealed to me? I mean, I became fearful for a couple of reasons. Number one, you ever tried to do anything without your thumb? I mean, it's hard to do it. My first concern was, man, this is going to affect my preaching. Because I got to hold my Bible. 
and I got to be able to preach. Now, secondary, I was fearful about my golf game. And then third, I was worried about my fishing. But my initial fear was this is going to affect my it's going to affect my preaching. It's going to affect my golf game. It's going to affect my 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 fishing ability. And I was just like the people in Gilead. My faith, my trust was in the ointment, the gum, the balm, and it wasn't in the healer. And so a few days ago, I started thinking about this, and I was studying this and, and just and praying, and I really felt convicted that as a pastor, as a man of God, I had become just like the people in the Old Testament. I had put my faith and my trust in the ointment in Gilead, and I needed John Newton. I needed Jeremiah. I needed God's word to remind me there is a bomb in Gilead and that I need to put my faith and my trust in God and God alone. He touched the woman with the issue of blood. He touched the child who was dead. And I believe in God to touch me. And I'm delighted to tell you today that the pain is gone from my left hand still in my right hand, but I'm on my way to trusting God to heal me. Now, those of you that are watching today, there's some of you you're faced with illness. It's a lot more complicated than, than just two sore thumbs. I get it. There's people dealing with cancer and there's people dealing with arthritis. There's people dealing with life-threatening issues, glaucoma and back issues. Um, I just want to pray for you today. I want to reiterate what John Newton said a song that he wrote to the African community who was in, in turmoil and pain and hardship. And when they sing this song, it brings comfort. It brings healing. I want to pray for you today. There is a bomb in Gilead and his name is Jesus. And he's available for you today. Would you bow your hearts with me and let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the stories that you've put uh, in your word that remind us of who you are. Lord, I just pray for everyone watching today. God, there's some of us that have faith to come to you, and there's some of us that don't even have enough faith, and you're going to come to us. There's some of us that have faith to muster up to believe that you can heal us, and some of us are so empty right now, we don't have the faith, but we're surrounded by people that do have faith. Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name that the bomb of Gilead would be released in your people today, that we won't put our trust in Gilead or the ointment, or the bomb, but we would put our trust in God. And Lord, I today, I pray for healing. I pray that you'll touch your people today. I pray you'll relieve them from illness and disease and sickness. In the name of Jesus, I speak your health and your wholeness over your people today. In the name of the Father, of the Son, the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, be healed and be well. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. I hope you enjoyed uh, our time together. I want to thank all of our, our staff, uh, Bruce and Lisa and Aaron and Michelle and, and David and Sandra, Pastor John. Everyone is doing an amazing job. I want to thank you all for uh, putting this service uh, together. I pray that you've been ministered to and touched. And uh, I want to bless you now as we go. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week online, Facebook, or on our website, pinecastleumc.com. Go and send no more. Bye-bye.